We discovered that there were secrets that your body was trying to tell you that could really help you optimize performance. But no one could monitor those things. And that's when we set out to build the technology that we thought could really change the world. Welcome to the WHOOP podcast. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of WHOOP, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. Now having recorded about 25 episodes on the WHOOP podcast, I can truly say it's a great lens into understanding how high performers, top performers, do what they do. At WHOOP, our clients range from the best professional athletes in the world to Navy SEALs to fitness enthusiasts to Fortune 500 CEOs and executives. The common thread among WHOOP members is a passion to improve. What does it take to optimize performance for athletes, for humans, really anyone? And now that we've just launched all-new WhoopStrap 3.0 featuring WHOOP Live, which takes real-time training and recovery analysis to the next level, you're going to hear how many of these users are optimizing their body with WHOOP and with other things in their life. On this podcast, we dig deeper, we interview experts, we interview industry leaders across sports, data, technology, physiology, athletic achievement, you name it. How can you use data to improve your body? What should you change about your life? My hope is that you'll leave these conversations with some new ideas and a greater passion for performance. With that in mind, I welcome you to the WHOOP podcast. 99% of the people in the, on this planet, they're not Rocky. They'll never be Rocky. They don't want to be on the cover of a magazine, right. nor do they need to be. Yeah. What do they need to be? I think the, the ultimate message is energy energy. If I was able to give you the power to have optimal energy all day, every day until it was time to go to bed, that'd be a gift, wouldn't it? That to me is the ultimate goal. What's up, folks? On today's episode, my guest is Don Saladino, one of the most in-demand and respected trainers in the business. Don was featured on the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine earlier this year and is well known as the guy who gets actors superhero ready for upcoming movie roles. That's right. He did Hugh Jackman leading up to Wolverine. He did Ryan Reynolds leading up to Deadpool. He's also worked with Blake Lively, Liev Schreiber, Scarlett Johansson, and many more stars. Owner of the Drive 495 gym in Manhattan, creator of the Playbook app, this is a guy you want to listen to. We talk about what a typical session is like with his clients and what it takes to make them look like superheroes, why more is not always better with fitness and weight training, the importance of eliminating negative stressors, this is a great one, and the effect mood can have on the physical appearance, and the ultimate goal everyone should have when it comes to working out. I learned a ton from this chat with Don. I think you're going to enjoy it. Without further ado, here is Don Saladino. Don, thanks for coming on. Well, it's a pleasure, man. Very excited. Thank you. So I've been a big fan of yours for a while now. Um, Thank you. For our audience, how do you like to describe what it is that you do? <sighs> wow, I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's funny trying to put a label on. I started as a trainer and strength coach 20 years ago, became really entrepreneurial 15 years ago, opened my club, Drive 495, opened a second club, 
jumped into the digital business. I launched an app with uh, Adrian Peterson, Dwayne Wade, and Ernie Els awesome. about eight, nine years ago. So I, I kind of consider myself more of a fitness entrepreneur. I know it sounds a little, uh, it sounds a little weird, but the, the reality is I'm in the fitness business. I'm still a coach, but um, I like uh, getting my hands into different projects. I think that's accurate though. I mean, you're, you're popping up everywhere. You've got a lot of different businesses mm-hmm. that you're running at once. Um, let's go back for a second. I mean, I know you were, you were an athlete growing up, mm-hmm. ice hockey, swimming, baseball. Did did you know that you wanted to go into health and fitness long-term? Yeah, well, I went off to, co- I played college baseball. I played division one at a small school called Sacred Heart University, graduated in 99, um, had some tryouts with the New York Mets, with the Seattle Mariners. That us, yeah. It was fun. And, um, you know, during that whole time, I, I know my focus, I mean, though I would have loved to have played, it really started shifting. And I realized that in college when I was almost more concerned about getting my workouts in than, right. than other things. And I was starting to say, wow, it was almost taking away from my play a little bit, looking back on the workouts that I used to do. Um, they weren't necessarily sports specific at that time, if you want to kind of coin that. But yeah. um, I'd say when I when I graduated college, there was probably a couple of months where I was really putting some thought into what my what, what my path would be. And it really turned into more of a calling. I had a conversation with my mom. She's like, you're just gym crazy. Why don't you become one of these trainers? And I'm like, you know, they don't make money. How am I going <laughs> to do this? Like, got to support. She's like, you'll figure it out. And it was the best decision, you know, but besides my wife, it was the best decision I ever made. <clears throat> so early after college, you started to, to take on a roster of clients? Yeah. So I became, uh, I went and took a coaching course. I went off, I got a job at Equinox back in 99. I left in 2000. I was there literally one year, started my own training business. I remember going from making like 25 grand a year to like 200 grand a year in, nice. in probably one year at 22. And at the time, you know, you're thinking it's all the money in the world. It's a really good living. But um, I remember after a couple of years, the money wore off. I kept bumping my clients' rates up. And it just was, it wasn't about the money. It was about almost the thrill of what's that next step? How am I continuing to educate myself? How am I continuing to learn and become the best at my craft? And that turned from training, and it will always be training. I don't care how much money I make or what I do in this world. I'll always have that bug to learn and become better. But um, it really turned into more, you know, how do I scale this and how do I get in front of more people? And so at, at what point are you then starting to work with some of these hotshot celebrities that you're tied Hugh Jackman. To? Yeah. Hugh Jackman was my first. And I could tell you, it was probably 12 years ago. It was right around the time where I had my first child, Amelia. And um, So this is like 07? Yeah, roughly. So that's, I mean, that's pretty fast, right? <clears throat> it sounds like 2000, you, you're uh, first starting out in your career as a right. trainer. Right, And, you know, seven years later, you're, you're training Hugh Jackman. It was really kind of by mistake. I, I opened Drive. I, I allowed a buddy of mine who was an outside contractor to come in and train. He brought Hugh. And ironically, he just... Just uh, found out that they were having triplets. And he's like, we're going to move this and that. And he's like, Don, I want to train with you. And I'm like, come on, let's go. And that was at a time when social media wasn't even really a thing. Totally. So I, I remember my, my- That's like pre-Instagram. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, definitely. Sure. And and I remember my thing was like, we never dis- uh, disrupt the integrity of the client. We yeah, never totally. like expose the client. And I had publications you know, calling me on the phone or I had yeah. paparazzi out front. And I was always like, no, he's not here. I wish he was here, like send him my way. And I remember he was trying to do some press for me at the time. And I got him ready for a movie called Wolverine. They then decided to shoot a movie called Australia right before Wolverine. And he's like, do you want to come to Australia? And I'm like, I can't. We're having Amelia. And um, so I worked with Hugh for about a year. And then after that, it just opened the door for like Ryan Reynolds and Scarlett Johansson. And you know, the, the roster just pretty much took off from there. Now, when you're working with a guy like Hugh Jackman, right? Let's mm-hmm. focus on that for mm-hmm. a second. Like, I imagine that an individual like Hugh's got a lot else going on in his life, mm-hmm. right? And when he comes in, 
it can't just be about that hour of weightlifting, right? You got to take into account all this other stuff going on. You know, with, with all the actors, especially Hugh, and I haven't worked with Hugh in years, um, I did see him over the wintertime. Oh, cool. We all had dinner together for a client's sure. birthday. Um, but with Hugh, you, you know, it depends on what's going on with him that time of the year. When they're off of work, which is a rarity, but sometimes you'll have these actors come in those a couple months span where they have you know, they're not shooting anything or they're not, you know, they have no real PR and they're just taking some downtime. So I happen to have gotten Hugh at that time. So that's great, right? Yeah, he just finished a a play called A Boy From Oz. He was coming off it at like 175 pounds and he looked at me and he was like, you know, we got to put on as much muscle as possible in probably the next nine, 10 months. So it was literally like nap time. And this is the Wolverine prep. This is the Wolverine prep. And you've gotten a lot of press for this. I got a ton of press from it. Um, And rightfully so, by the way, he looked absurd. Listen, he did the work. I mean, I mean, looking back now, I mean, that's 12 years ago. I mean, I was a very, very good trainer back then, but looking back on what I know now, now yeah, yeah, I mean, I was still paying attention like you, I need you to take a nap at this time. So I was still paying attention to recovering naps. Yes. So, um, I'm very happy with what I gave him then, but yeah, it definitely would have changed. It would have evolved. It would have become a lot different. So describe the routine that you gave Hugh then, and then maybe we can talk about how that sort of routine would have evolved today. You know, it was um, probably a little bit more body part specific. Yeah. Um, it was based a little bit less on a screening. I know now today when I bring in a client, I'm looking at them from a joint by joint approach. I have three physical therapists working out in my club. So if I see any big red flags, we're not discontinuing training, but I'm having physical therapy complement with the training end of it. And what's a red flag? A red flag could be um, a specific score that shows up on maybe an FMS, a functional movement screening or an SFMA, a selective functional movement assessment. So we'll turn around, we'll put them through a screening. And at that point, I can determine what, not not really as much what their workouts look like, but what their prehabilitation work, what their dynamic warm-up, call it what you want. But I know the first five, 10 minutes of every session, I come in and I start targeting areas of the body that that man or woman needs to improve. And then at that point, they're, you know, the crux of their workout, like that, that the bulk of their workout is all designed around what their goals are. You know, is it more fat loss? Is it more muscle gain? Is it, um, is it just more strength base? Is it more sport? I don't like using the word sport specific because I think we just create better athletes, but what are they training for is what I'm trying to say. And that's what I design that bulk, you know, base middle portion of the workout. And then the energy system work at the end really depends on, you know, what type of stress do they have in their life? Because, I mean, that's that's huge. That's something I didn't look at with Hugh then because he didn't, I'm not going to say he didn't have stress, but he didn't really have, he wasn't shooting a movie at that time. It was a more relaxed time of the year. Yeah, it was a more relaxed time of the year. And Ryan Reynolds, you know, we've done prep for him where, you know, he's up at 4 a.m. training and he's shooting from 6 to 7 that's at night. Crazy, that's right. ridiculous. Yeah. And how long are his workouts? They're as short as we can make them. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's just going to beat the crap out of him. And we're just trying to make sure things are set properly with his diet to enhance recovery and do whatever we can to just get him to relax and get his body parasympathetic when it needs to be. So with Jackman, you're trying to put a lot of muscle on him. Yeah, at that time. And- I mean, talk about that strategically. I'm sure there's people listening who are trying to put muscle on. Yeah. What I are mean, the things you focus on? What are the things you avoid? Lower body training is the, is the, is the key. And that's probably where people mess up the most. You know, well, I'm, I, I run, I walk. I'm like, it's not the same. I mean, training your lower body, it does give off a hormonal response. Totally. Um, it, does it mean back squatting? Absolutely not. Do I have them doing some variation of a squat, kettlebell front squat, goblet squat, split squat, something of that fashion? 
thing? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it's some form of a variation when it comes to a squat or a deadlift and getting them strong on that lift is super important. Like you want to put size on, you never see someone that's totally swole if they're completely weak. I mean, that, not entirely true, but I've seen a couple of guys, but uh, they're also on performance enhancing drugs, et cetera. But totally. someone who's natural, if you want to have that kind of superhero look, your legs better be yoked. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> because it also helps your body produce more HGH yes, and everything of absolutely. that nature, right? 100%. Like 100%. you don't get your biceps necessarily stronger just by doing bicep curls. Well, you know, uh, no, I mean, but you do get your biceps stronger by yanking down on that bar if it's on your back totally. or carrying heavy kettlebells. Totally. And, totally, and yeah. even isolation work, it's probably, it's much more fluffy for me now. That's probably something that's changed a lot in my training where we'll still throw in some arms. I do believe that there is um, some importance to getting some flexion and extension out of that elbow. Um, but I mean, that's like, that's the sprinkles on the whipped cream. I mean, that's like the last thing that we end up doing. And, and back to this like big muscle gain Wolverine routine. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot of lower body. Mm -hmm. How much time a day is, is someone like Jackman exercising? You know, I, 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 I do not believe in going so far beyond an hour. If we're doing a powerlifting program where it's really- Interesting, you so know, just do an hour a day. Yeah, an hour a day. I mean, I don't even think people need that. The reason why, I mean, today my workout took me 50 minutes. I mean, I was I was moving a little bit quicker after I got through my, my squat work. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I know once we start pushing that hour and a half, two hour mark, I mean, T-levels have been shown to really plummet after that hour. Interesting. I think for general pop out there that's training, they don't need So you're need saying that. your testosterone will decline. Yeah, your energy level, your focus, specific things will start declining. If I'm doing it, I do a lot of powerlifting. So if I'm sitting there pulling heavy weight, I'm not pulling weight, you know, I'm not pulling five, 550 pounds every minute. I'm pulling that maybe every three minutes. And the fat burning response I get off of that is incredible. My, the, the, yeah. the amount of focus, the amount of tension I have to create in the body, uh, the level that my heart is working at is, is unbelievable. So um, I know people get this misconception of running around for a sweat. And I think there's a place for that, but there's an importance of becoming strong. And the guys that I know that are really strong that have their diets in place, those are the bodies that I think most of us look at. And, you know, I was on the cover of Muscle and Fitness last year. It's I mean, amazing, this is yeah. why, you know, this is how you kind of get your physique to that point. Well, we'll come back to the to the magazine covers in a second. The the idea of looking big versus being strong, do you think they're directly correlated or are there tricks if you want to be one or the other? There are tricks. I mean, and I don't want to I don't want to insult CrossFitters because the CrossFit games competitors are savages. They are totally very beast, strong yeah. people. But if you see how they train, you know, um, they're Matt Frazier, uh, Matt Frazier is in training in CrossFit classes. Matt Frazier might train more like I am, you know, okay. my, Matt Frazier might turn around and he might turn, um, he might pick like one or two big lifts and he might come back in the afternoon and do some air bike conditioning. His, um, program does not look like this big Chinese menu where there's like a hundred different exercises. And I know with a lot of the CrossFit classes and not to bash all of them, but what happens is you're running around and you're training your heart rate so much and you're beating on your nervous system so much. And it's always like this max effort, max effort for that amount of repetitions that in time I've seen really big guys get really, really weak. Interesting. Yeah. So um, that's- So you're, you're implying that CrossFit's the type of workout where you may look strong, but actually not be as it, strong. It could be. What I would tell for most CrossFitters is maybe jump into, um, if, if they're really enjoying CrossFit class, yeah. jump into that for like three weeks. And then three weeks get on some specific type of like so strength. cycle on yeah. and off. Yeah, cycle. 
cycle. And I think that would be a pretty safe way of doing it um, without actually looking at any of the external stressors in, in their life. You know, how are they sleeping? How, um, you know, what type of stress is going on at work, family, et cetera, which for me is the most important thing. The program's less important. It's more about that stuff. And I know no one knows better about that than you. <laughs> yeah, so, right. uh, well, That's a bit of the whoop mindset, Yeah, right? absolutely. I love it. Now, f- from a diet standpoint, putting on uh, a ton of muscle, I mean, I imagine diet becomes really critical as you think about a program. Absolutely. And the one thing with, with Hugh that I remember was, you know, you had to get them out of a caloric deficit. You have to figure out how many calories someone's burning. And there's specific ways you can do this. I know sure. there's specific tests out there, MedGem tests, et cetera. Um, I, the, the, the way that I really like doing it is I like looking at their diet and how they're eating for a couple of days, say five days. Like, well, let me see on paper how you're eating. And then based off of that and what their goals are, I can then make a guesstimate on the where do I want to take their nutrition, sit there and assess it over the next week to two weeks. And then by then I can dial it in perfectly. Because if I make adjustments and they want to put weight on and they're like, yeah, I gained about a pound and a half in a week. My energy level feels great. I'm getting stronger. I'm like, all right, let's just keep our foot right there. Let's keep close eye on what's going on. And then once you start plateauing and leveling off, let's see, you know, where am I going to bump you up? Is it your fats? Um, Is it your proteins? Is it your carbohydrates? Typically, I mean, Protein, I can get to that spot pretty early on. Like I, I'll almost, according to their body weight, if they want to put on weight, probably about a gram to 1.25 grams per pound of body weight, I'll take their protein to, and then I'll bump it up maybe to so one and a half 200 grams. pound person should consume 200 to 225 yeah, grams yeah, of two, protein 250, a day. 250 a day, depending on their training. And then I really don't take them much higher than that. I, I don't okay. believe that they have to go that much higher. And do you not care where the protein's coming from? Chicken, eggs, whatever. Well, I, I always want it from a good source. So I always want to make sure, you know, is it, first things first, can we do a grass-fed source if it's beef? Can we do organic source, cool. you know, a, a, a cage-free, whatever? I was traveling last week and I had access to organic foods a certain period of time and the others I didn't. <laughs> I remember I had to eat a P.F. Chang's two night. It is yeah. what it is. And yeah. you, you do the best that you can. But I think for me, it's more about not feeling like crap when you're traveling, when you're on the road and being able to get in your protein, fat, fiber, and fat when you're on the road because that's going to maintain blood sugar levels. And I think the biggest downfall is people come home at night and suddenly food becomes this drug. And they're like, I'm so hungry. I can't stop cheating. I'm like, because you're not maintaining blood sugar levels. If I was to sit there and feed you today and I was going to feed you every three to four hours, and I was going to feed you a good balance of PFF, protein, fiber, fat, come in the evening, you're not going to be craving any sugars. But when when we're undernourishing ourselves- and when we're running and we're burning and we're at work and we're skipping meals, then you get home at night and then you want to consume too much. Then that fat burning furnace has kind of calmed down a little bit to where you can't digest, you go to sleep, and then you start storing um, more, you know, more glycogen. You start developing, uh, building more body fat, and then it just becomes this vicious cycle. And sleep starts getting affected. You start gaining weight, and this is kind of what a lot of the so US, that can spiral out. Yeah, spirals out with most people. Well, I like what you're describing. Is so much of what you're you're doing is thinking about the other 22 hours of the day, right? It's not just that hour or whatever you're with My, the person. The hour with me is the easiest part. Yeah, it really is. I mean, coming in and training someone. You're a life coach as much as a personal yeah, trainer, right? Yeah, I don't even call myself a personal trainer. I, yeah. I, I'm like, I call myself maybe a coach. And people are like, I, I, there's a difference between a trainer and a coach. A trainer can go yeah, get a certain- Yeah, I buy that. Yeah, yeah, I think a coach is someone who really kind of dives in a little bit. And if I look at uh, some of the things I've read about you on uh, diet, it mm-hmm. sounds like you uh, have tried to cut out all flour, gluten, sugar, and dairy. Is that yeah. accurate? 
It's accurate the majority of the time until it's you know time to go have a pizza with my kids or. Okay, so you'll still bring that stuff. Yeah, I'll back. still bring it in here and there. Or like July Fourth, my wife and I sat around the pool and you know we drank a bunch of beers and you know sure. we were just laying out and having a great time with some friends. And so I, I do believe there's a place for that in my life. And if that's something that you want to mix in here and there in your life, fine. But there's a cost of doing business. You know, it's if you start overstaying your welcome in those categories, <laughs> you know things are going to get affected. The way you sleep, your hormones. Totally. I'm not worried about gaining. So give me the rundown of your diet. Okay. It's like over the course of the day, what are you going to eat? Well, I mean, every meal looks pretty much the same. I mean, the sources might change a little bit. So let me back up for a second, Mm -hmm. right? If, if, if you were interviewing yourself, you would say, what are your goals right now, Don? My, my goals are still to put on muscle and strength while improving mobility. So you're still going to try to have a little bit more calories. Yeah. I'm still going to try to not be in a calorie deficit. Yeah. I want to be in a calorie deficit. Okay. So with that in mind, what does your diet look like? My diet, every meal pretty much consists of a protein source. Okay. A carbohydrate source, a vegetable. And depending on the protein source, how much fat is going in there, that's kind of where I fluctuate a little bit. So if I'm having grass-fed beef, um, I probably don't need to add a uh, too much of a fat source. If I'm having chicken, I might mix in some avocado. I might have some olive oil, uh, some macadamia nut oil, some avocado oil pending. You know, I might cook my eggs in avocado oil. So I do believe in getting a good amount of fat. I mean, right now I'm probably consuming about you know, 90 grams of fat a day. Okay. When I was prepping for, and I know I'm jumping in this early, but when I was prepping for my muscle and fitness cover, um, I had four and a half weeks to prep, so which was nothing. It was around Christmas time. Yeah. And it was, which is a bad time to prep. That's tough. And um, I was consuming close to 500 grams of carbs a day, and that was through sweet potato. Oh, so interesting. So the, the, the less carbs I consume, um, I don't even get leaner. I get flat. So I have such huh. a fast metabolism that if I'm not eating and consuming, and I've, I've Developed that over the years. So when I when I went to Italy with my wife, yeah, and I ate nothing but pizza, pasta, gelato, and drank a ton of wine. I actually lost ten pounds. Wow! Because I was only eating three times a day, right? And my calories dropped so much, even though they weren't great. Now I wouldn't recommend anyone to do that permanently, but for ten days. Not a big deal. Your body's still moving fast. I, I got a little soft in the sense of water re- retention, but yeah. then I got home. It took me a week, and I was right back. Okay, so I, I like that you mentioned the the cover of the um, health magazine. Sorry, it was Men's Health. Uh, muscle and Fitness last well, men's year. Men's Health was men, just now. Men's Health Pro was this like two weeks ago, three weeks so ago. So that's amazing. It's fun. So if you've got a uh, a magazine cover coming up, mm-hmm. you said you had four and a half weeks or something to repair. What do I do? Yeah, let's talk about what, what you do for that. Um, nothing different but remove cheats. So I walk around all year long, probably between five and 6% body fat. I'm really lean all year long. Wow. And it's because I eat really well all year long. So, um, but I'll cheat with my kids maybe on a weekend or maybe every two weeks or whatever it is and yeah. maybe have a couple of drinks. Like I haven't had a drink in probably two, two and a half weeks, but Friday I'm going to the Iron Maiden concert. So yeah, okay. uh, I'm going to have a couple of tequilas and eat some barbecue with my friends because we're going to be in Brooklyn going to Barclays. So um, that will get completely eliminated. And when I eliminate that, um, I don't think people realize how much water you actually retain, how it affects your sleep. Um, and then I really dive in and kind of dial in my macros a little bit where every day to day there might be a little variability right now. You know, 90 grams of fat opposed to 70 or 110. It's so like, okay. You'll, you'll really die. No, they're in. like, they're like probably within five grams in each. So it's like my protein, my carbs, my fat are dialed in. And like I said, when I was at 500 grams, my, my prep then was I just, I brought my carbs to 300 and that was the only adjustment, which was actually easier for me to do. But if I went lower than that, I would have been screwed. I would have just gotten like a sheet of paper. I would have been completely flat. 
Amazing. So let's do a day in the life of Don. Sure. So uh, around when do you like to wake up? When do I like to wake up or when do I wake up? When do you wake up? Let's start with that. Um, Two to three days a week, I have to get up at four in the morning. Wow, four, four so thirty. Really early. It's really early. I'm, I probably train three people a day right now. That that's it. I don't take on any new clients. I don't take on any more clients. That's great. But I have it, it is. But I, I have this one person that I work with really early in the morning, and um, I meet, it requires me to be in the city at six. Okay. So I got to get up. I do some breathing drills. I shower. I have my breakfast. Well, let's play through that. So you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. and the first thing you do is breathing. Uh, no, first thing I do is brush my teeth, wash wash my face. Okay. Um, I'll go downstairs. I'll drink a glass of water. I'll take my probiotic. I'll what jump. kind of a probiotic? Uh, just like a Garden of Life, you know, a really basic pro- probiotic. Nothing, um, nothing. And you take that every day. Pretty much, except when I was traveling, I'll get off of it, or when I. Um, Sometimes when I travel, I don't bring my supplements with me. It just it's my way of taking a little bit of a mental break. Giving my not saying that's bad, but sure. I, I do believe that specific strains or specific vitamins we can build up almost like intolerances to. Like your body just gets very adjusted to consuming that same thing. It's like food allergies. Like if you consume a ton of sweet potato all the time, you can develop a food allergy to sweet potato. So totally. Last week I was kind of off everything, but um, I'll go do you know five to ten minutes of breathing, whatever my my brain allows me to do. Um, what does that look like? Is is your goal to meditate? Is your goal to get more parasympathetic, sympathetic? My goal balance? is just to meditate and do diaphragmatic breathing. So I want to just get myself to. So describe what that is. Getting my ribs to move and pre- pretty much everything that we were told not to do in the gym, like the, just getting that sensation of feeling like you're getting fat while Dude, you're breathing. What does it sound like? So really deep, right? Yeah, yeah. About eight seconds until I'm literally going. <laughs> until you've got nothing left yeah, until in the I'm tank. And then you'll bring it back in. Exactly. And just trying to get that to expand. And, and I felt that that's really helped me. Um, visualization while I'm doing it. I'm trying cool. to visualize, you know, specific things in my day. Um, things I'm trying to let go of, but also positive And just trying to trust the man upstairs and just say, listen, what's in store for me today? Whatever it is, just give me the power to deal with that to the best of my ability. I know yeah, it sounds like corny, but it's really uh, just a lot of positive thinking. I've tried to get more <laughs> into this idea of, of, of like daily gratitude and I've found it immensely yes. powerful. Oh my God. And because so many prayer. people I interviewed on the, on this podcast have talked about gratitude journals and these different things. And I realize it's very hard to be, uh, angry and grateful at the same time it's mm-hmm. it, it makes you happier it also makes you recognize these little things throughout your day yeah do you find that at all i do i'm not one that's great at taking a gratitude journal i've tried it yeah i haven't tried it yet but, but um what i do do is i do prayer every night no matter oh, where nice. i am and i'm like out of 365 days a year i do not miss a prayer going to bed oh that's awesome so it's something where every night i do prayer with my wife i'll do it on my own if i'm on the road and it's my way of just saying like thank you look after my children look after me my business my family, my friends. I have a friend right now that's battling with cancer. Wow. Look after him. So, you know, it's just my way of just trying to say. And that's the last thing you do before you go to bed. That's my last thing I do. I also try and stop into my church every day. It's on the way oh, home. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty active at St. Patrick's Church in Huntington. I'm an, I'm an usher every Sunday. I'm actually the head usher. And, oh, um, cool. And um, I try and stop in there for a few minutes. And it's not, it's just, again, to pay some gratitude and just say, thank you. You got me through today. Like it was a great day or it wasn't a great day, whatever it was. But I do believe gratitude is, is, is absolutely huge. Well, religion seems to be a great way to uh, evoke some of the things we're talking about. I mm-hmm. mean, personally, I'm not particularly religious, mm-hmm. but I definitely respect how it can give you that, you know, sort of healthy feedback loop. It's important. I I believe it's important to have, you know, something, you know, whether it's just saying thank you or 
you know, if you're Jewish, Catholic, Protestant, whatever it yeah, is, whatever like it I, is. I know it does bring faith. It does bring a lot of positive into people's life. And I'm not here to argue what's better or what's <laughs> yeah. worse. That's not what I'm yeah, here to sure. do. But I was raised in a specific way and yeah. that's what I'm following and, you know, to each his own. Okay. So you do breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like that puts you in a great place, a little great visualization. Then after that, it's shower. Um, it's my breakfast. I'm literally hitting- are you Are you a hot shower, cold shower? Doesn't matter. I like cold showers, but I'm not taking many lately. It's funny you mentioned that because okay. I was thinking about okay. that. I, I sat through uh, Brandon Marcello's talk this weekend on recovery and he brought up cold showers and I was like, here we go again. Like, you know what? I, I have do- to say, I love them, man. Yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome. Them. It just t- depends on the time of year, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep in the cold. So jumping into the cold shower sometimes is a little tough. We actually lost hot water at Drive. I remember last year where I, we had oh, to so take cold showers. So I was getting into freezing cold showers and I felt unreal. It makes you feel <laughs> so, great. I mean, it's a painful moment. It is, but your body feels good. Okay, so you take a shower, then mm-hmm. what? And then basically, um, you know, downstairs breakfast. Yeah, I, I'll literally, breakfast? I'll, I'll auto start my car. There's like, I'm very like, I'll auto start my car and I know 10, 15 minutes I'm in the car right after breakfast. So I, I get breakfast down. Breakfast is a protein, a vegetable and a carbohydrate or, um, you know, but does it change during the, the year? It does. There's certain specific times during the year where maybe I've been eating a certain way for a period of time. And if I start feeling sluggish, I might jump on a more of a, it's not keto, but I might jump on a more of like a fat adapted diet where I might increase my fats and drop my carbs a little bit. And I'll do that for a few weeks just to be able to metabolize different frequencies of food, uh, volumes of food differently. And um, that'll help me for a short period of time. And then when I get back on the carbohydrates, I'll feel you know just this this incredible level of fullness in my muscles, my energy level. So I do believe that eating the same exact things, the same exact way all year long, that can, that can work against you also. And does that depend at all on the season, like winter yeah, versus summer? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're moving differently. We're, we're burning differently. I mean, summer this year can be completely different than summer last year because, you know, three of my AC units just blew up this last week. So I'm Got under it. a different level of stress. Okay. So, so if it's hotter and you're under more stress, does that mean more calories or less? Um, I got to see how I'm feeling. And, and I don't even think there's a right answer to that. Okay. Um, I got to right. see how I'm feeling and how my, how my body's craving food. Okay. So I'm, I'm listening to, to that, but I do know when I come back from vacation, it's a little bit more difficult for me to eat because I'm not used to re- taking in that level of volume. So what I'll have to do over the first few days is I almost have to force feed myself to get down those calories to get myself to metabolize and process foods the way that I want to process it. Because I'm a believer that if we give our body more food and we can digest more food, our metabolism is working quicker. Should we be eating that all year long? No. You got to give the digestive system a little bit of a break. So I know I'm confusing the crap out of people right now, but the reality really is that it depends on the individual. You have to make adjustments according to what that person's training for and just don't stress out over it. Okay. So now you're in the car. Mm -hmm. And you're headed to work. How long? 10 minute train ride. By the way, we're fellow Long Islanders. We should say that. Yes. So uh, Cold Spring Harbor? Cold Spring Harbor train station, 10 to 12 minutes to get to the train. Um, That are actually that early in the morning when I'm up at four, I'm in a car service at five. So I have a car that takes me into the city. And they'll just take you directly. Yeah. And so that's about what, an hour? Yeah, at that hour, it's like 45 minutes. So what are you doing in the back of a car? Are you banging out emails on your phone? You listen to podcasts, music? Yeah, it's more emails. Okay. Um, I love the podcast idea, but I'm so I have so many emails now, and I have so much to do on social that um, my podcasts are more when I'm like walking around in the city, or like you know maybe you know walking up here, I might throw my headphones on, and I might catch you know five ten minutes or something. So um, the podcasts for me are more when I'm like commuting to the train, but when I get on the train, I just have to, or or the car, I have too much, done. I have too much work to do. Yeah. And you mentioned social media. You've got a big social media following. Yeah, it's pretty now. good. 
uh, for you, like, is that something that you're, you want to consciously engage with every day? How do you find that balance of also not overwhelming you? It can become overwhelming. Um, I've been reading a lot and speaking to a bunch of people who have been getting, um, developing anxiety from just being on social media too much. I mean, when you're totally. on this handheld device and you're looking into, you know, that These life. dopamine hits too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and your head's in this position and you're developing this poor posture. I mean, it's a stress. The posture it's, thing's real, by the way. It's the worst. I mean, I think our generation is going to have more neck problems than any generation previously. I'm worried about my daughter right now because my daughter, like- You just will, look at everyone's posture. We'll, we'll allow them a certain amount of time to be on it, but when she's in the car, she's sitting like this. And I'm like, Amelia, fix your posture. Posture, and yeah. we're trying to remove their uh, their cell phones from them and only give them probably an hour or whatever it is, a, a couple hours on the weekend. But um, it can become a huge problem. But um, yeah, social media is something that I need to engage on daily. Um, I'm probably posting, I'd say about two regular posts a day on my thumbnail. Which is a lot, yeah. Which is a lot. And then, but stories, I'm probably putting up at least 10 stories a day. And so what's <clears> your <throat> point of view on it? Do you try to dive in, dive out and like get your stuff done and get out? Or are you also engaging with the community a lot? Like, how do I'm you engaging that? with the community, but I'm only really maybe for the first half hour, maybe I'm going back and engaging when I'm on the train and I have time. I'm trying to get that post up. I'm trying to educate and teach. So when I'm putting that post up, it's normally like if it's my podcast post, it's, it's offering us, I'm pretty much trying to offer a solution to people. Totally. 90% of my post, for the exception of some of the stupid fun stuff that we're doing, just to keep things light, it's you know an exercise, it's a nutrition piece, it's a podcast that I'm that I'm doing, right? Um, a golf fitness tip because we have a golf lounge upstairs, so we're doing a lot of everything. It's always like giving some type of information, um, and then I got to go back in and I got to answer some of that stuff. And people are like, "Well, I want to train with you." I'm like, "Well, unfortunately, like I can't do that." But it's only I, so many hours. In yeah, the there's day. only so many hours in a day. But I created this app called Playbook, and go to my app, download my app, and you can do the exact programs that I have all my clients doing, and you know. That's kind of amazing. So, yeah, okay. So now you get in, it's like five in the morning. I, I might have, I might have a client or two. Um, so in the case where you have a client, yeah. that, that person just got in, it's, uh, it's, it's warm up. So, you know, getting them on a foam roller for a few minutes, maybe a couple of minutes of breathing. They normally, typically I like having them do that before I'm there because I don't want to sit there and watch them foam roll and breathe. Um, and I feel, feel like it cuts into our time and then it's dynamic warm up. It's whatever that strength work is or whatever that circuit work is, energy system work, and then they're off. They're, they're off in under an hour. Amazing. And that's it. So you've got a couple of those throughout the morning that's potentially. It. Yeah. And then uh, for you personally, like what are you thinking about from, from your health standpoint? Like when are you getting your workouts in? I pretty much get my workouts in anywhere from like nine to noon. Okay. It's so in that, it, it depends so on who on I when, have and yeah, yeah, yeah et cetera. But, um, and a workout for you is about an hour. Yeah, pretty much. A little bit longer, but you know. Okay. But with me, because I put a little more time into my warm up and breathing. And, and will just, you have someone, uh, you know, pushing you? Like, do you have a trainer yourself? Or coach no, yourself? I, I don't, but I've yeah. had my same workout partner for 15, uh, got 16 years. Okay. Now. And who's that? His name's uh, Tone. He's a good he's, name. <laughs> he's uh, he's fifty eight years old. Brand. He's fifty eight years old. He he looks like uh, he looks like he's twenty eight. Um, That's awesome. One of the physically one of the strongest human beings I've ever seen. I mean, I saw him do. I mean, at fifty eight years old, I saw him do five pull ups with uh, almost two hundred pounds around his waist the other day, up to his throat. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of scars on his body. Got a, bump, a bunch of bumps and bruises. That's how I met him. Um, but uh, you know, I helped him rehab, and him and I just became best friends in the last sixteen years. And I mean, every day before I came up here, last night I texted him. I said, 9 a.m. tomorrow, I got to be, I got a hard stop at 10. I was a little before nine. I was getting my warm up in, rolled totally. in, finished by about 10 to 10. Ate, ate lunch, showered, threw my clothes on, and ran down here to see you. 
up here to see you. Sorry. Well, amazing. Yeah, and we're recording this uh, in a studio in Manhattan right now. So, okay, it's noon. Then you're getting lunch. Lunch, and then after that, it's all drive and brand work. So it's um, a meeting with Kim, who's my general manager. We're going over specific things with the coaches, with the facility. So talk about that, because you're also running a business. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, drive 495. Drive 495, it's in Soho. I, I've had this woman by the name of Kim Nunez working with me for 10 years. She's like my right-hand person. And um, she's really given me the the ability now to go work with some brands and and do things. I don't want to say outside of drive because it all feeds drive, but she's really focusing a lot on the brick and mortar. Like, you know, the ACs went down last week. She's handling that. She's doing calls where in the past I would have had have done that. And you've got a bunch of other coaches and trainers. I've got 10 coaches working out of there. Wow. I've got three physical therapists and I've got a one acupuncturist and I've got two nutritionists. Wow. So we got it. We, we got, so that's just like, that's the, um, that's the gym portion of it. And then we have, you know, our front desk. We have our PA area. Oswaldo's been working with me for 14 years. It's a he handles machine. the phone. Yeah, it, it, it's great. It's really a family in there. It's, it's very nice. Now, for someone listening to this who's like, okay, I want to spend the money on a personal trainer mm-hmm. or coach, how do they know whether or not they're getting someone good? It's tough because someone can have all the credentials and they can have all the certifications, but the bedside matter could be bad and the bed, you know, the bedside matter could be great and they don't have it. You know, it's like, it's. Sure. You, you really should, if you're training in a gym, like say an Equinox or a big box facility, you should really should kind of open your eyes and just take a week or two to look at a coach. And um, a lot of times you can go find bios on any coach. So the first thing I would do is I'd find a bio on a coach and just see if their focus is in a direction that would complement you. And then check out their bedside manner. Like if you see them training on the floor, look at how they're dealing with their their client, you know, are they texting clients? Are they, you know, are they, are they completely engaged? Um, I've heard some terrible stories of terrible coaches and there's some amazing coaches out there. So you can find it, but um, it's not as easy as taking the word of the facility. What are a couple questions you'd ask a coach to kind of vet them? What's your long-term plan? I think that's important. I mean, my long-term plan is fitness. Right. I never wanted to be an actor, not taking anything away from actors. Sure. I never wanted to be a model, not taking anything away from models, nor could I be. But um, I know that my focus has always been fitness. It's always about honing in my craft, becoming better, my continuing education. Even at this point now where I work with several brands and I have my own brand, um, I still do continuing education. I was sitting through seminars this weekend in Long Beach. So I think the first question is, is where's your focus? And if you hear there, you know, oh, well, I'm doing this as a stepping stone, then you know, it might not be, I'm not saying all the time, but you know, that, that might be a red flag right there. I want to be with someone. I want to work with someone who's like, no, this is my long-term plan. And, you know, look at, you know, what type of courses have they taken? Go check them out, see how they're training on the floor. You know, maybe go to a couple of their clients in the locker room. If you see their clients and ask how long you've been training with so-so, how do you like them? I'm thinking about trying them out. What do you like about them? What, what don't you like about them? Yeah, like cool. put them on the spot with some questions. And uh, I think it's that easy. Yeah. That makes sense. At the end of the, at the end of the day, like you could train to be a great swimmer, but until you do your first competition, things change. Right. And it sounds kind of dramatic how I'm putting it, but the reality is, is the first couple of sessions might be great because that trainer is going to be completely engaged. A more My question is, is where are they in two, three months? Yeah. Because there's a level of complacency drops in and the next thing you know, they're answering calls during sessions. And also, and, do you feel like you're making gains, right? Or yeah. improving, right? That's, that's another thing too. It, and this right? is what I don't understand. I, I think this is getting into that whole group training phase. People are doing specific styles of training that they really love and they enjoy. 
you know, boxing in, in the heat or playing, listening to loud music. And then weeks later, they're like, yeah, but my shoulder's hurting me. My back's hurting me. Totally. Um, I'm getting yeah. weaker. I'm not, my body composition isn't changing. You know, not entirely the coach's fault, but I think you got to start asking your question, these questions of, is this putting you into a better spot? If you're training and you're getting injured or your body's hurting and you're moving worse, that's not what training's about. Training's a stress. And too much of that stress can put your body into a really negative spot. And I think people are under the assumption that this Rocky type approach all the time. Rocky is one of my favorite movies. It's probably one of the worst examples put out there for <laughs> people because they're just they are they're always under the assumption that unless I'm working, unless I'm carrying that log up the hill and training to to, to fight Drago, that I'm never going to get better. And my attitude is: listen, I train really hard. But I also know how to downshift and I also know how to especially turn to my clients and say, no, you just got off a plane from Singapore and you're dehydrated and your wife was yelling at you before you left here. So I know you're supposed to do a, a max pull of three reps here, but probably not the best choice. Let's do a, a post-plane workout that I like to call it. Let's get your body moving, feeling well. Let's get you to recover a little bit better. Let's get that heart rate variability into a better spot and totally. let's bring you off into, uh, let's bring you back tomorrow and let's crush it. Well, I think something I've been amazed by just in in the process of, of uh, you know, running Whoop is the number of people I meet like yourself who say that so many gains come from actually at times taking a step back and not overdoing it, yeah. not over pushing it. Um, I even find it fascinating how many, you know, world-class fit people will do something like no more than an hour a day. Yeah, right? it's fascinating. Well, what what happens is, if more was better, I'd be working out three times a day. And 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 <laughs> yeah. you know, is it really overtraining or is it underresting? You know, I was with my buddy. Uh, it, yeah. Have you met Brandon Marcello? Uh, I haven't. No. Okay, so Brandon Marcello is probably one of the world renowned experts on re recovery, sleep. I mean, he works with the army. He works oh, cool. with. Um, uh, I think he works with uh, the Toronto Raptors. He's a big sure. consultant. And, I, and I, I've listened to his talk a dozen times and I sat through his talk over the weekend and you just pick up on little things. And there's so many different training programs out there that work. Some are better than the others, but something works. I mean, if you're taking a sedentary person off the couch and you're having them do P90X 90 minutes a day, six days a week, is it my number one choice for them? No, but you're going to get in better shape if you totally. went from sitting on a couch to training 90 minutes a day, six days a week. My question is, is how do we keep you at a level of consistency throughout the year? Yeah. It's not about crushing it for me for three months and then being so burnt out that you can't do it for another three months. And then, you know, Mentally, you're in a bad spot. Physically, you're you're not maintaining it. And for me, it's really more about it. If 15 minutes is all you can handle because 20 minutes gets too boring, then I'm going to design your program to be 15 to 17 minutes. Yeah, and I'm going to have you coming back in every day wanting more. And I think that's really what fitness is about because 15 minutes works. Yeah, I it, bet it works. Yeah, you don't need an hour. You don't need an hour and a half. 15 minutes. If I was to take someone next year who didn't work out and have them do 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day for the, the, the majority of the year, they're going to get in better shape. And well, they're going to make better food choices. It's an point of view, yeah. and it's true, yeah. right? It doesn't take a lot nope. if you're going from zero. So you mentioned recovery. Uh, well, first of all, how long have you been on Whoop? Recent, probably about a month or so, but I have not taken it off. Okay, good. And I've been... Um, I've really been diving into the analytics. I think the area that I'm enjoying it the most on right now is the sleep yeah. because I didn't realize, I'm, people always ask me, how much you sleep at night? I'm like seven to nine hours. And then going back over my history of 30 days or seven days. Yeah. Wow, it's not, not it's not seven to nine hours. It's six hours and 30 minutes. And the yeah, next thing right. you know, I'm like, all right, 
well, what do I have to do now? So I buy blue light glasses. And now it's getting me. Yeah, it gets a, you to a, dial it yeah, in. It gets me to dial in a little bit differently. And that's what I've been enjoying it the most of my clients. I think the number one ingredient for success is sleep. Yeah. Like if our sleep is crappy, the best diet, the best training program in the world, it doesn't matter. So the first thing I'm always looking at is sleep. And then obviously, di- you know, obviously, but uh, digestion after that. But um, the first thing I'm using it for is sleep. After that strain and all that stuff, it's great. It's fantastic, but I'm really spending the majority of my time with my clients being like, look, how do we get that six hour and 30 minute mark to seven hours? Because you need a minimum of seven hours. Or you had three drinks last night. Yeah. Look what happened to your recovery. Look yeah. how that 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 dropped. So for me, that's where the magic really is, is improving sleep quality. And the interesting thing too, I mean, I've learned this just by being so close to sleep monitoring, mm-hmm. is like 95% of your body's human growth hormones produced during slow wave sleep, yeah, you know? So if you're not getting slow wave sleep, what a disadvantage you're making for yourself in the gym. Paul Check said this 15, 20 years ago. He's like, the best fat burner someone asked. He's like, sleep, and it's free. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where yeah. people don't understand. The more sleep you get, the more you can get your hormones to regenerate or, or call what you want, reproduce, um, heal. And that's even getting into alcohol. Like when, when someone asks me when, you, when I go drink, what do I drink? I'm like, I'll drink beer, gasoline, like what are, you, what are you serving? Like to each yeah. his own, like, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'll drink tequila because I like it. It's gluten-free, great. But I'm less worried about the calories from the alcohol than what it's doing to your sleep and your hormones totally, yeah. and how it's beating up on you and the aging process. You know, you see these rock stars who are in their 60s and they look like they're 90. It's because they spent a lot of years where they weren't sleeping and they were drinking. And it's like the proof's in the pudding here. It's, it's less about, I'm not going to get fat from having you know, a couple beers no. once a week. It's not going to happen. I'm more concerned with that once a week drinking, what it's going to do to my sleep the next day and how that's going to affect my work week and productivity. Well, this ties back to, to the, the day in the life. So at the end of the day, and now thinking about sleep, what are, you know, what does that evening routine look like and how do you dial it it's into tough. sleep? It really is. I mean, the advantage I have is I'm on a train ride for an hour coming home so I can really knock out a lot of my emails. Okay. And I make sure when I get home, I'm putting my phone down and I'm not doing emails, but all that blue light that we're exposed to, um, you know, I'll go out in the grass with my son, I'll throw a ball barefooted. This is all really good, relaxing stuff for me. Calm down. But just, I, I think you need hours to calm down. It's very difficult if you get home from work and you throw a meal down and you jump into bed. I still get good sleep, but it's way different than if I get home a few hours early, have a meal, throw a ball around, jump in the pool with my son, swim, relax, take a shower. Yeah. You know, I do my uh, Norma Tech boots or my Norma Tech sleeves. I'll do some type of Norma recovery. Tech's good, yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, I'll like, be in bed watching. How some long TV. do you Norma Tech for? Last night I did for 30 minutes. Okay. I'll go. That seems up. to be the sweet spot. Yeah. I mean, I, I if I have time, I'll go 45, but I never exceed 45. And I never. And why not exceed 45? Like it's, I found myself watching football on a Sunday and like an hour and 15 has gone by and I didn't even pay yeah, attention. Yeah, I think it's fine. I just, okay. I think it gets, I just think it gets a little uncomfortable after a while. I okay, think like fine, circulation fine. starts getting completely cut off or my Got toes it. might go numb really. Right, so, right. so I think 45 for me is a really good spot. But um, as for research on that, when I was talking to Brandon Marcello about it over the weekend, he said the minimum, like the minimum you should do it is 10 minutes. Okay. So I think it's right now I'm hearing anywhere from 10 minutes to like- you know. Okay, so Normatech's a tool you'll use. Love Normatech. Uh, we talked about prayer as like a wind down, Absolutely. gratefulness. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're into blue light blocking glasses. I'm into blue light blocking glasses. Now, how much time will you uh, wear those for? <laughs> I'll wear those from the second I get home. 
I'll throw okay, them on. Okay, so a couple, yeah. a few hours before yeah, bed. A few hours before bed. Sometimes worse. I mean, sometimes I'm not. I'm taking a shower. It's eight o'clock. I got to be in bed by nine because I'm waking up at four. I'm getting to bed by <clears> nine. So I'll throw them on for an hour. And if I watch TV or if I read a book, I'll still have them on. I got into them because, unfortunately, and I'm sure this is the case for you, I have to take red eyes from time to time. It's tough. You know, where you have to sleep on the plane. Yeah. And uh, I found that if I wore these glasses uh, that are, you know, blocking blue light, like right when I got to the airport. So maybe an hour or an hour and a half before I'm trying to fall asleep on the plane. Huge. Made a huge difference. Huge. And then I just realized, well, why, why shouldn't I just wear them all the time before I try to? They are. Back? I mean, for the, I mean, a lot of them are ugly, which is the only downfall for certain. Oh, I found yeah, a great pair. Definitely that, yeah. not. They're not cool yet, but but they could be cool. Like I, I find it intriguing. They're gonna get them there. Yeah, it's gonna we'll get, get to there. the point where like sunglasses are gonna have probably the blue. I, yeah. I, I I can I could feel that happening, but I'm noticing when I when I wear them, and for a lot of people who don't understand, blue, you know, the blue light glasses when we're exposed to all this unnatural light. Um, your body stops producing the level of melatonin that it should be producing because totally. you're always in that. I think it's the simplest way to, to, to say that. When I put my blue light glasses on now, I actually do feel myself calming down a lot quicker. I agree. And I've been, I've never wanted to fall asleep while watching TV. Since I've been wearing them, I've been falling asleep while watching TV. Wow. And then I'm just, I get up and I shut my TV off and I'm out. That's yeah. it. So it's, it's been a huge help. Now, will you take any supplements, melatonin, anything like that? Just magnesium. Magnesium every day? Um, for the most part, yeah. How much time before bed? An hour to two hours before bed. Doesn't really matter. No. No, I don't think it matters. Uh, sleep mask? I just ordered one and it just arrived today. Game changer. Again, back to the red eyes. It's funny. You, you learn how to do these things under intense scenarios and then you realize like, okay, why not do it for all these things? I, I, I was... Always a fan of them, but the sleep masks were always, I, I'm, I'm Italian, I got a big nose. So, so <laughs> those things were like, they would move off or they wouldn't sit on, but I found this company and I'm gonna I'm gonna experiment with it starting tonight. I'm excited about it. Okay, cool. And uh, cold room? Yes. I mean, um, I do run AC in my room. I have to. I probably run it about 67. Yeah, 67 I'm in that degrees. district. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't sleep in the heat. I'd yeah. probably go colder actually if my wife wasn't so opposed to it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, no, in a hotel, I was in a hotel in LA a few days ago and I had it down to 63. And, I'm right with you. I would was, do the same thing. It was amazing. And, and, and your wife's like screaming at you. She's got like five. Like, well, but that. my wife wasn't there. So it's oh, like, it's all great. good. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, I'll wake up the next morning. She'll have like five throw blankets on her and the dogs are sleeping under like everyone's cold <laughs> but me. So it's uh, yeah. It's good stuff. Any other hacks around sleep? Um... Yeah, you know, some chamomile tea in the evening. I know eliminate. I mean, I, I love to drink coffee, and I dr I do drink coffee. I just I, I eliminate it at at specific points during the year. So I happen to be off coffee for about a month now, off oh, wow. of all caffeine. And and you're sorry, you'll just go uh, just go cold, cold turkey, cold turkey. Yeah, and and you know what? I think finding a good organic source of coffee is incredibly beneficial. There's a lot of research out there showing how, you know, long-term their health benefits. What happens is if, if my work schedule gets really aggressive and um, I start feeling a little stressed out and I start becoming a little too dependent on that, then I'm like, and I'll start feeling my eyes burn in the afternoon. That's when I'm like, all right, I'm done. So that's when I'll kind of kick it. I do a lot of- What is of, that eyes burn? In they say it's adrenal fatigue- Huh. So your eyes are burning if you've had too yeah, much like caffeine? Yeah, like you ever like, um, you ever get tired in the afternoon, you close your eyes, you almost feel like a little burn. And, and um, I don't know if you ever feel like like that, but I, oh, I I'm do I'm going to try get, to pay attention. Yeah, I don't know Pay if attention to that in the afternoon. Like if you ever close your eyes, you almost feel like they, they feel tired or they, you know, to, to that effect. But I find that when I start becoming too dependent on it, it's when it's time for me to get off of it. But uh, infrared saunas are probably one of my, I, I bought one for my house. Oh, cool. One of my favorite recovery modalities. I'll use them probably three days a week. 
Um, I'd, I'd use them every day if, if I had time, but um, absolutely. And how long will you spend in one of those? Sauna minimum 20 minutes, max 45 minutes. And how hot does it get? Not hot. It probably gets, my sauna gets between 125 and 130 degrees max. I mean, it's still, still pretty hot, but like- It's hot, but your, most your of the time- is it's not- Most uh, of the time I'm jumping in there when it's like, when the heater hits about 100, 105. Okay. And I'm sitting there and it just feels warm and I'm doing emails or I'm doing lives. And the next thing you know, like 10 minutes later, I'm just dumping. And the way I like to describe it is it heats up your internal core temperature. The best example that was ever given to me was um, it's like getting a temperature. You know, when you get sick, your body, your internal core temperature gets hot totally. to rid your body of toxins. I, I know you know this already. I'm telling everyone else who doesn't know, yeah. but um, it's the same thing. So it's heating up your internal core temperature and almost internally, your body's forcing out a lot of the toxins. And um, that's and, why I like it. And do you try to do that in the morning or end of day? Or I try and do it whenever I can. Whenever you can. Sometimes if I do it in the morning before workout, I do feel like it might drain me a little bit. It's got to, right? Yeah. So I, I do feel that. So I, I'll try and, but the reality is I'm trying to get it in whenever, whenever I can. On the weekends, it's nice because I'll wake up on a Saturday, Sunday, and I'll, I'll use it those mornings. And you know, if I can get some golf in or, or, or just do more like track work, or I try and get, right now in the summertime, I try and get out of the weight room on the weekends because I'm in there five How's days. your golf game? Not bad. I mean, it's funny. The swing's getting better. I was down to about a six index and I'm up to about an eight and a half index now. So the game on paper has gotten worse, but I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it all right. How's yours? I'm right around a three. All right. So you're better than me. So yeah. But, but, uh, if the, it's like, I'm curious how some of the, the different weightlifting routine and stuff that you're doing, do you find that's actually hurting your golf game at all? I've been doing it so long. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not like I, I, and if I've taken time off and I go play, like I could hit it worse because my body's just not used to it. So I, I think it, 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 you know, if I was to put Rory McIlroy right now on a, on a bodybuilding program and just try and put on as much muscle. Shout out Rory, whoop user. Yeah. I, I love Rory. Um, I just shot a video with him down in, um. Uh, Orlando, we did something for Golf Channel. Oh, cool. Three and a half hours with him on camera. I'm telling Such you, a nice guy, could right? not have been any more of yeah. a nice human being, yeah. an unbelievable person. So um, not to name drop, but uh, you know, yeah, but that can completely mess him up. But like I said, training's a stress. I mean- I'm, So you think his weightlifting may have affected his golf game? I think what he's doing now is phenomenal. Okay. So now he's figured it phenomenal. out. Phenomenal. Like, we, were, we were talking about it and you, you know, like, like you said, he's checking out HRV and um, his weight training sessions might be 30 minutes. Yeah. And he's, he's getting in, he's getting out and he's, his body feels fantastic. And when him and I sat down, we had a cup of coffee when I was drinking it. And he said, um, I said, well, tell me about your training before we get into it. And he was like, for, for a second, it almost seemed like he was a little embarrassed. He was like, listen, it's, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Like, I'm like, well, what are you doing? He's like, you know, I have my strength day and I have my, more my movement-based day. I'm like, okay, well, how much time are you spending? 30 minutes. Yeah. How much warm-up work are you doing? Maybe two to three exercises. Like it was so basic and so easy, but that's the way, in my opinion, it should be. I think when they become, like I said, that Chinese menu and it becomes very fluffy, you start diluting what you need to be doing. When you spend 15 exercises to create tension in the body, sometimes all you need is a deadlift. Yeah. You know, it's like a deadlift, fine. Like really squeezing the bar, trying to break the bar, learning in time to pick up heavy weight can fix a lot of imbalances for certain people. So um, yeah, Roy, it was fun to hear that out of Rory. And now jumping back to uh, to Ryan Reynolds. So it yes. sounds like there you've got a guy who's got a crazy schedule. 
I mean, he's been, Ryan's been my, Ryan's been kind of my show pony for the last 12 years. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes to talk about Hugh, but Ryan's been like a brother to me and he's helped me out more in my career than I can even tell you. And everything, I think I got to go on record to say that everything people see of him on movies and how likable he is on TV, that's just him. He's just a phenomenal person. So that's but cool. He's, but he's intense. I mean, when it's time to jump into it, and it's time to get ready for Deadpool or a role. It's like, it's literally, I've never seen anything like this. Out Flips of any a switch. It's, it's like a switch. You know, it's not surprising in a lot of ways because these guys, like, I mean, they're so successful. At the end that they're at the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of their game. They have to be able to dial it in like that. I almost know? have to calm them down at times. Yeah, Because his diet is just like, I know what he's eating, when he's eating it. It's dry, it's boring, and his body. I mean, he's got such an incredible frame on him to begin with that he just makes me look good, even if I wasn't good at what I did. I mean, he's got these incredibly wide shoulders. He's got this really narrow waist. And as he starts getting into it, it's like... Like, it's like this transformation challenge. It's like every day you're looking at him and you're like, Jesus. Like, So how long did you have to get him ready for uh, Deadpool? It's changed for both of them. I mean, it depends on what movie he's coming off of. I, I mean, he needs, I think at any point during the year, he probably needs four, he probably needs four weeks. Okay. He needs five because he's because he's still he's maintained. Reasonably pretty fit yeah, he's reasonably year. fit. He'll drop size for other movies. I mean, you you have more to, of you, a rom com. Yeah, you got to chill can't out. Can't go into every movie looking like yeah. you know yeah like Mini Deadpool. Hulk. You just yeah. can't. Like you, the pur- the purpose of acting is these people want to become as believable as possible. Yeah, I get it. And if you're playing a doctor and you're sitting there, you got like veins down your arms. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't like it's like all right. Like it's kind of confuses the whole equation. But he probably needs. He probably disagree with me. But I'd say he probably needs four weeks. And at the one or two week mark. How do you know it's going well or not? Like, do you have any kind of fitness tests you do or measurements it's or anything funny, like no that? No fitness tests. I mean, it, there's really with him, it's more about his energy level. Okay. And if his energy level is optimal and his mood is really good, we're in good shape. Because I know the diet's fine. I know in time the changes are going to happen. And every week he'll sit there and I'll be like, how the abs look? And he'll like kind of roll his eyes. He'll be like, boom. I'm like, okay, it was better than two days ago. Like it's literally that type of transformation because, but he knows what he has to do yeah. and he doesn't stress over it. And he just, you know, um, you know, he kind of dives into it, but he, he, he's, he's serious about it. He's not, um, now you mentioned mood. How does that play a role for you? The stress hormone I've seen destroy bodies in 24 hour periods of time. I've seen it with bodybuilders complete competing in the Olympia. I've seen guys literally that stress hormone kicks in, that cortisol gets all thrown off. And the next thing you know, the body, the appearance of the body just changes. And you're saying the mood, your mood can actually be a predictor that this thing's about to kick in and affect you? Well, I don't know. What do you mean by kick in and affect you? Well, you, <clears throat> so you're saying like, okay, so mood's important. Mm-hmm. We know that if your cortisol levels take off, that can screw up your routine, right? It could just ex- it could screw up your appearance. I mean, aesthetically, how you look. Oh, really? Yeah, which... <clears throat> Yes, it'll screw up your energy levels. It'll screw up your sleep, but it will screw up your aesthetic appearance. When you get to a level of leanness, when you're bodybuilder lean, when you're, you're when your body fat's in that, you know, bodybuilders are down at two percent, three percent. When you're a really low athlete, are they that of, low? Oh yeah, wow, that's crazy. Well, a lot of them unfortunately are on anabolics. It's just it's a world you, you I kind of have to, right? Yeah, it's just in a world I never live in. That's how they can maintain that muscle through anabolics. I mean, someone like me, I've been natural my entire life. It's, totally. It's, it's, and it's obvious. I mean, I don't look, I'll never look like that, but, um, now you think a lot of these actors will from time to time take a little anabolic. I don't know. I mean, I've never, 
not to mention names, I've had people come in and speak to me and I can tell they're going in that direction. They ask questions and my claim to fame is like, it's it's really all I have. I just, it's like, do it naturally. Like, like we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. You're 30 years old. You're 40 years old. I don't care if so-and-so is taking it. You do not know what's going to happen with cancer cells that might be in your body. You do not know if I, I buried one of my best friends in 2010. Yeah, wow. He was 10 years older than me. He had open heart surgery at 37. I buried him six feet under at 42. Wow. He was on heavy levels of testosterone. I am natural. At the time, my testosterone levels were over 700, naturally. That's His, good, right? Yeah, I mean, the range good. is what, 300 to, to 1,200 or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember what my free testosterone level was at that time, but his was north of 3,000. Whoa, but that's not even good for you. I think. No, it's not. Well, he yeah. well he died. So yeah, I mean, you know, shit, yeah. it was one of those things where he spent. I mean, we found. I found him in his bedroom three days later, oh, um, literally dude, in a pool. Been... And it was terrible. It was it was absolutely awful. And then um, he had no family, so we had a terrible story. But we had to like put in for his to, the rights to his bury his body. Otherwise, they'd bury him in Plotter's Field. It was really dark stuff. I mean, wow. but three weeks, I had to go identify his body three weeks later, which was tough. And so that's an example where you're taking testosterone injections and, and not knowing where you're getting it from. Wow, yeah. And not having a doctor who is a professional to prescribe this sort of thing to you. My opinion on testosterone replacement therapy, I know you're not asking if I'm going to tell you is, yeah, do it. you know, if you're in your seventies, if you're in your eighties and you're walking around and you're feeling like crap every day and a doctor is, you know, recommending this for you, like, okay, man, like, you're no, like 70, 80, it's, it's not old, but it's not young either. In my, in my opinion, you want to live, live out your life feeling good. Like maybe that's something yeah, that you want to, maybe it's time, for a little, little extra gas. Telling a guy who's 40 years old, who was told, well, you got low T jump on it or, or, or a kid, a kid that's 25. Yeah. You're right. still a kid. Right. Uh, well, you got low T figure out why you have low T. Yeah, figure out what's causing that low T. Is it the fact that you've been sleeping three hours a night? <laughs> you know, well, because that might fix everything in six I mean, months. Sleep is the magic pill. It's the magic pill. Yeah. Are you drinking caffeine at 5 p.m. in the afternoon? It's affecting. Well, it doesn't affect my sleep. Of course it does. I love to, I love talking to people who are like, oh, I could drink an energy drink before bed and I, and I sleep perfectly. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You think you are. Yeah, that's, that's so where true. you, it's, it, it's like the person who is drinking so much during the week. They're having two, three drinks a night. And I'm saying, how do you feel? I feel great. And then you get them to go cold turkey, which is a rarity, but it, it's happened where you get someone to go to cold turkey for two to four weeks, then suddenly they're saying, I didn't know how yeah. bad I felt until this now. I feel amazing. And I'm like, listen, man, have your drinks, do it. But if you're feeling like crap, don't do it. It's hard to realize you're at the floor, right? When you're there. Most most are. Yeah, most They don't realize it. They just adapt and they, they know how to live at that basement level. I get messages every week from people just saying like, you know, by by measuring my sleep, by measuring my recovery, I realized how negative blank was on my life. 100%. And for a lot of people, it tends to be alcohol, but, you know, it could be other things that are less predictable. I mean, alcohol, stress, stress, alcohol, I, I call it the same thing. It's, it's almost, they're, yeah. they're so similar. It's causing such a stress to the body. The body's got to overwork now to kind of detoxify. And then you're not really sleeping. You're just detoxifying. That's now, have you have you been on Whoop long enough to do any of these little A-B tests where you know, oh, if I do chamomile tea or oh, if I do uh, melatonin? No, but I'm right? getting there right okay. now. Because that's actually, fun too. That's what I'm really excited about. I did see it with alcohol. Yeah, totally. Um I have seen, obviously, with sleep, when I mean, you get a bad night's sleep, really simple stuff. I have seen it with stress. Totally. If you're having a really stressful day. So I think like like the broad what stuff. What stresses you out? I mean, you strike me as someone very high energy, very level-minded. You know, I, I, I think, um, you know, when someone gets sick, 
Sure. You know, I, I think that's really, you know, when you have a friend or we're, we're affiliated with a, with a cancer charity, so you're always hearing stories yeah, of, of this right, stuff. That's so that's stressful. You know, listen, two of my AC units blew last week. My, my space went up to 92 degrees. I was hosting a seminar. I was bummed out. Was I a little stressed over it? Yeah, I was a little stressed over it, but it's not life or death. Like, like it, it's going to be okay. Um, I just think normal. I, I just think it's that it's that grind of when the sleep and the rest starts diminishing, the stress levels will will it will increase. So for me, it's about sleep and it's about my training. If my sleep and training are good, and my eating is good, it's those three things. Everything else, granted, my family's healthy. Everything else is gravy. Makes sense. And uh, men versus women. I mean, mm-hmm. along with these fascinating men you've trained, you've trained a lot of women. Yes. I, I see Blake Lively here. Scarlett My girl. Johansson. Yeah. So how do you think about training a woman or, or what slight tweaks might might women want to think about for training versus men? You got to pay attention to the menstrual cycle. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got that time of the month where unfortunately, you know, no guy can understand what women have to go through. I sure. never will say I get it. Yeah. I've gotten beaten up for that in the past, but um, <laughs> I think you, I think you have to pay attention to energy levels. I mean, I know when women are delivering or you know they're pregnant or you know um, you know dealing with children, nursing. I mean, these are all factors that you have to take into play. Um, hormones are different; they're just different. It's you know if I put Blake and Ryan on the exact same program, and I put them eating the exact same foods with different volume, Blake's not going to look like Ryan. It's not going to happen. Sure. It's just, I think that's the misconception. I think that's where people freak out. And I think a lot of women, unfortunately, will do that vicious cycle of cardio, 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 because they're afraid to put muscle on. And I think a lot of times they start getting that bulkier look if they're drinking too much or if they're picking at their kids' foods too much. But if you, if you keep the nutrition to about an 80-20 rule and you get in, you do your training. And I think with most women- What, what is nutrition 80-20 rule? I think 80% of the <clears throat> week, like live by my rules- and then twenty percent of the week, leave to you know, do what you mistakes, want to do. Yeah. accidents. Don't be eating chicken fingers and fries every day at your you know at the twenty percent mark you know mark. But you know, make good choices and, and just try and be healthy and, and relax. A lot of times you can stress out so much over nutrition, and when you start stressing out over food or when you're traveling, the stress is worse to your health. It's worse to your gut, your digestive system, your brain function than eating a piece of non-organic chicken. Like you're, you're gonna be okay, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that's, I mean, I had someone messaging me this morning about travel and like, what, what do I do? What if I don't eat perfectly? I'm like, you're, you're not gonna eat perfectly. I didn't eat perfectly, relax. Do the best you can, get your exercise in, drink a lot of water, get some good rest. And then when you come back, then you can go back to measuring your macros or whatever it is that you wanna do. But in the meantime, the stress can be the biggest killer out of everything. If you look at, uh like American society today, right? I mean, obesity is this enormous problem. I feel like if everyone had uh, Don Saladino in their ear, like, you know, people would just be much healthier. But what what do you think is the message to the mass, mass market that says like, how do we fix this? The biggest problem I think is the influencers and it's the examples being set. Interesting. And I think when you turn around and you look at a guy who's posting every picture of himself with his shirt off or a woman who's got a perfect butt and great abs and she always had it, she just made it a little bit better from exercise, I think that sends a really poor message because they're showing you, they're, they're an influencer. They're influencing you on what it is they did for themselves. A coach is going to help you get to the root of the problem. A coach is going to turn you and say, no, you absolutely hate working out. Can you give me five minutes? Yeah, but that's not good enough. Trust me, five minutes. 
breaking a sweat for five minutes a day, it's a good start. Let's build some consistency. Let's show someone when they don't feel like doing it. Let's back off. Let's do a minimal minimalistic approach workout. And when they're feeling great, we'll go in and we'll have some fun, but I'm still going to pull you back a little bit. And I'm not going to drain you to the point of when you're leaving, you're like dead exhausted. I want you to leave saying, I could have done some more. I feel great. My energy levels feel great, but I'm excited to come back in and allotting for those days off and allotting for them, allowing for them to go and, you know, have, have some fun meals or have some drinks and sure. balance. And I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think the biggest problem is that everyone's taking this no pain, no gain approach and this all go or, or don't go approach. Like it's all or nothing. Like it's, it's all bullshit. Just break a sweat, move around at the very least. The majority of the population, they don't want to do what I do. They don't want to, I, I get enjoyment out of that. I get enjoyment of training the way that I train. It's like my hobby. It's my love. Yeah. But a lot of people don't need that. And the, to the majority of our- 10, US, 15 minutes a day. To 10 minutes, earlier. 15 minutes a day of moving, of like one day go for a walk, one day go for a swim, one day go for a bike, one day try and do some push-ups and just hang from a pull-up bar. Like run around in your backyard, throw a ball around, be active, break a sweat, take the stairs, start there, start beginning to incorporate this wellness in your lifestyle. And then you're going to want more. I mean, for someone listening to this who's who's uh, trying to increase their energy levels, right? This could be someone who's pretty fit, and for some reason they feel like they've lost their energy levels, or it could be you know some of the folks we were just referring to are incredibly out of shape. Sure. Like, wh- what do you th- what do you think are some of the core ways to get your energy back up? I mean, I'm going to say it again. Most people don't want to hear it, but 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 sleep. I mean, and, I agree with that. So sleep is sleep is number one. Uh, two, we we take as a society we use a lot of stimulants. So when you're tired. It could be because of a lack of sleep. It could be because of a lack of nutrition. It could be because of stress. So when you're throwing stimulants in your body because you're tired at three o'clock, in my opinion, that's a problem because that's going to affect your sleep. And then there's that vicious cycle. Um, you'd be surprised. People would be surprised on on how much progress you can see with a very little approach. I had a guy recently, quick story, came to me and he says. I want to see my top, I've never heard this in my life. I want to see my top four abs. I'm 45 years old. I'm in good shape, but I want to see my top four. I'm like, that's abnormal because everyone always says they want to see like the bottom two. Because I just like, I'm really happy with my lifestyle. I just want to see this. I'm like, great. How's your eating? How often do you drink? I'm like, great. Let's just cut everything in half for the next two weeks. So alcohol gets cut in half. Desserts get cut in half. Everything gets cut in half. That's it. That's all I need. I said, yeah, that's all you need. Let's just take that because I know your space and your meals out fine. Keep training the way that you're training. Be active, drink water, sleep, and come and see me in two weeks. He came in two weeks. He saw his top four abs. It was that simple. It was that simple. And then you know what he said to me? All right, what now? I said, well, you want something now? He goes, no, no, I'm motivated now. This yeah, is crazy. So I cannot believe level. how easily I, I got to where I needed to get to. That's the message I'm trying to send people. Because 99% of the people in the, on this planet, they're not Rocky. They'll never be Rocky. They don't want to be on the cover of a magazine or they, they don't want to- Nor do they need to be, right? Nor do they need to be. Yeah. What do they need to be? I think the, the ultimate message is energy energy. If I was able to give you the power to have optimal energy all day, every day until it was time to go to bed, that'd be a gift, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's great. I mean, literally. That's, so, that's, that's like, that's, that's, all I, that's all I want because I know my workouts are good. I know my time, my kids are good. I know my time at work are good. Yeah. Is good, excuse me. Um, that to me is the ultimate goal. Amazing. Now, uh, what else for you? Where can people find you? My, my Instagram is pretty easy. It's Don Saladino, S-A-L-A-D-I-N-O. Um, and we'll put all this in the show notes. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I own my club, Drive 495, which is down in Soho. Uh, huge fan of yours. Huge, huge fan of what you've done. Oh, and this has been fun, man. I think the best thing about your product, and there's no reason for me to say this, but you are giving people a solution 
to live a better life. I appreciate that. And Turner, there's other problems. Say what you want. This is giving you a better solution to sleep, to motivate yourself, to be able to get in, do better work day in and day out and assess what it is you're, you're doing. It gives me a quantifiable measure to now be able to turn to a client and say, look, yeah, you see like the proof's in the pudding. And yeah. I think when you're doing better, it's, it's great to be able to have a, a successful business, but when you're doing better for society, it makes it even better as corny as that sounds. You know? No, I appreciate that. You got a great way about you, Don, and, you, and keep, uh, keep inspiring people. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on Whoop. And now it's a pleasure to have you on the Whoop podcast. Can't wait, man. All awesome. right, thanks. Thanks again to Don for coming on the podcast. We are very excited to have him on Whoop and using it to help advise his clients. If you're not already a Whoop member, you can join our community for as low as $30 to begin. We provide you with 24-7 access to your biometric data, as well as analytics across strain, sleep, recovery, heart rate variability, and more. The membership comes with a free Whoopstrap 3.0. We offer six, 12, and 18-month memberships. The more you sign up for, the more you save. If you enter the code WILLAHMED at checkout, that's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, we'll give you $30 off a membership just for listening to this podcast. For our European customers, the code is WILLAHMEDEU, and that'll give you 30 euros off when you join. And for our current members, you can upgrade to the Whoopstrap 3.0 and get access to all the new Whoop Live features by following the link in your Whoop app. If you're out of contract, you'll literally get the 3.0 for free when you commit to another six months. Check out whoop.com slash thelocker for show notes and more, including links to relevant topics from this conversation and others. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Whoop podcast on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can find me online at Will Ahmed. I try to respond to everyone who reaches out. Uh, and you can also follow at Whoop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email thelocker at whoop.com with any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions you may have. Thank you again to all our listeners, to all our Whoop members. We love you.